Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Well, hello and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. It is great to see you on the show today. We are getting into all things e-commerce as we normally do on this show. So uh, a big a big shout out to you wherever you are. If you're listening to this on the audio podcast, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for, for joining us wherever you get your podcast from. You can, of course, subscribe to the show uh, wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's through Apple or you know, all the other ones, we should be found. So make sure you subscribe as we put out weekly content around e-commerce to bring you all kinds of great stuff and cool news. And for those of you who don't know, if this is the first uh, your first time to the show, it's a big shout out to you. Uh, but if this is your first time to the show, you may not know that as we record this show, we broadcast the recording live over Facebook. So when I talk to our amazing guests, and tonight is no exception. Uh, we broadcast this out over Facebook, so you can come join in, give us a like, give us a shout out, uh, and ask your questions and throw stuff into the comments, uh, and I will put that to our guests. So why not come and join us on Facebook? The links to Facebook and tonight's show notes and all of that sort of stuff can be found on the website at mattedmondson.com. Everything is there. Just head on over to the website. It is, I looked at it earlier, it is a bit sparse because it's a bit, um, the website's a little bit in between stages, shall we say. Hopefully by the end of the week, the revamped version will be up and running with all the new online courses which we have and you can check those out. I will tell you more about those uh, as and when we launch them, but I'm excited because we've got the masterclass going online, which is like a a course which takes you from beginning to end on how to set up your own e-commerce business. You can check that out at mattedmondson.com in the next few days. That's right. And then not too far after that, we've got a course called the Jam Jar Funnel coming out, which is all about how to find um, those high demand products to sell on your own e-commerce website. So if you're struggling to find a product to sell online and you want to do an online business, check out that course because that is going to show you how I do it, how I go and source new products that are high demand and high converting, which is, you know, super important. If you want to run an e-commerce business, do check that out. Now, tonight we have, uh, I say tonight because tonight is, that's a recording time. It may not be tonight when you're listening to this. I appreciate that. But as we're recording, it is tonight. Uh, I have a very special guest joining me on the show, uh, a beautiful lady called Kath Pay. But before we get into our conversations with Kath and before we talk about this whole thing to do with lifecycle marketing, what is it? How does it work? How is it going to help me? And all that sort of stuff, which I'm super excited about. Uh, let me just take a moment to thank tonight's show sponsors. Of course, Curious Digital, the e-commerce platform that I use to drive all my own e-commerce businesses, is one of the show sponsors. So they've been with us throughout the beginning. And a big shout out to Curious Digital. If you are looking for a new e-commerce platform, do check them out, whether you're a startup or whether you're a massive multi-million pound business and turn over quite a lot, have your own warehouse system like we do still works, works really well. So do check out Curious Digital. And our other sponsor for tonight's show is the amazing Lightbulb Agency. They are an end-to-end e-commerce services business that do all of those bits of e-commerce that you either don't want to do or just 
don't have the skills to do. Classic one, fulfillment. Oh, yes, they will do it for you. They will pick it, pack it and ship it. Uh, and that's not easy to say at 6.45 on a Monday night, let me tell you. So all of that said, do check them out. All the links will be on the website at madedmondson.com. So do check them out. Uh, Warren, I'm just going to add you to the broadcast because you're holding a little baby there. So uh, yours? Um, if so, congratulations. Or maybe a new member of the family. I don't know. But that's kind of cute that you've got a little baby in your arms. So well done. Uh, but thanks for letting me know. I appreciate that. Right. Let's crack on with normal service. This is what happens when you do live stuff. It can go a bit wrong. Uh, but you know what? We're still here. We're still doing well. So tonight we have uh, the very special guest, Kath Pay, like I mentioned earlier, who has over 21 years of email marketing experience, which is amazing because I didn't know email had been around for 21 years, but apparently it had um, and has been on the DMA Email Marketing Council for over 10 years, which is, you know, it's one of the governing bodies here in the UK. Kath is recognized as one of the world's leading email marketers and trainers. She lectures as she lectures at university, all that kind of good stuff, has worked with brands like eBay, Tommy Hilfiger, Adobe, and even Argos, which is the third, apparently, biggest e-commerce website in the UK, we found out when we interviewed John. Um, so, you know, all I can say is, wowzers, uh, you know this is going to be good stuff. So without further ado, let me bring onto the screen the amazing and talented Kath. Kath, good evening. How are you doing? Hey, I'm well, Matt. How are you? Yeah, good. I think I'm good now we've got over our sound issues. Excellent. Nice. <laughs> the comments came in thick and fast. Oh, Warren's just put here, I mentioned uh, you would have heard my little preamble there, Kath, before we get into uh, that. Warren, uh, I noticed, had a picture of, with, a, with a baby. Apparently that's his granddaughter, Bella Rose. Oh, lovely. So cute. Very oh, cute. Beautiful name. Yeah, too. yeah. Bella Rose. Fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so Warren, happy, happy granddad is listening. Hey, Warren, how are you doing? Okay, so Kath, thank you for sitting patiently, waiting for it to uh, to all kick off and get started. I don't know uh, whereabouts. In, are you in the UK right now? I'm in London. Oh, you're in London, mm -hmm. and uh, in Liverpool, we're only like two and a half hours apart. But in Liverpool, it is stinking hot right now. In my little broadcast studio space, how's how's it down your part of the world? Uh, it's been absolutely gorgeous. I've had the, I've got, you know, the big slidey bifoldy doors open all day long. I just closed them because I've got a park behind me and I thought I better, you know, for sound, <laughs> I, better, I better close them. And so now I'm sort of suffering a little bit because <laughs> I need a bit of air, but it's okay. Okay. No, so if you, okay. if you start to droop or you start to pass out, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be the same way. I've opened my window here. Hoping uh -huh. that some air will come through uh, and we'll crack on with that. So, uh, Kath, it's great to have you. Thank you for being on the show. Now, I said in the introduction that you have been involved in email marketing for 21 years. Is that a typo or is that actually correct? I think it's actually 22 years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I yeah, know it's strange. So, really, really quick story. I had a web design agency back in Sydney in Australia. Yeah. And one of our clients said, um, we really need to um, do some, there's this new thing called email and everything. It'd be great because we've got a fantastic database. We'd like to be sending them emails. And so I said, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll have a look at it with my programmer. And so before you know, we developed a, 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 the system 
and sold it to all of our clients and it just it just shot off so before i knew it i was actually an email marketer and no longer worked as an agency because it just took up all of my time so i was yeah so one of the older or original esps in in the industry wow. so been around for a while wow okay so you've uh <laughs> So it was, I'm just thinking, 22 years ago, it was 1998. Uh-huh. This was like pre-millennium book, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I remember when I was at university in the mid-90s, email had just started to become a thing. Do you know what I mean? I think, right. I think that's when I got my first email address. So, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, when I was there, I mean, one of the reasons, because... Uh, Easymail was one of the original ones. For me to go in and make a sale, I would literally walk into the company, like big names, go into the company and saying, instead of sending all of your emails using BCC and sending them in batches, you can send them all at the same time. And not only that, you can actually track whether they open and whether they click. Yeah. (laughs) Sale was made right there and then. Wow. Back back in the early days, right? Exactly. But it used to be that easy. It used to be that easy. And everyone was that excited to get your email. I mean, I remember those days where you're like, oh, email amazing. And then it was like, now it's like, oh, email. So no, what's happened, do you it's think? It's still exciting. Oh, it's still exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do that thing, Kath? I'm going off a little bit off script here, but do you do that thing where you subscribe to all your competitors' email newsletters? And do you get there sort of bombarded with a whole bunch of emails every day, which you're studying and looking at for tips and ideas and all that sort of thing? Well, one of the services that we offer at Holistic Email Marketing, so my consultancy, is that we do audits. And when we do audits, we sign up for our clients' competitors, right? So because of that, I am inundated on a daily basis. I don't unsubscribe because it still is of interest to me and I still find like I'm literally just um, in the midst of handing my manuscript in for my book and uh, it's going to be published in in like mid-October or late October. So all of these examples are great, you know, uh, fuel for thought and everything like that. And, yeah, I am one of those geeks that tend to study emails (laughs) and I go, oh, I like that. As long as it's not just me, Kath, as long as I'm not on my own, that's, uh, that's so, right. so you're, did I hear you, you're writing a book? That sounds exciting. What's the book? Uh, it's, it's about holistic email marketing. So it's not named after my agency. My agency is actually named after the philosophy that I developed back in 2009. Okay. So, um, and the holistic approach is, um, or the philosophy is basically, it's more than email, right? Because, uh, you know, as, as we're here doing e-commerce, right? So we all understand how important the actual customer journey is to, to, to us as marketers. And, and traditional ways of approaching email marketing has been very much to look at it as a siloed channel, right? And then we'll also have siloed PPC and siloed social and all the rest of it. And so what was happening back then in around 2009, there was a lot of talk about multi-channel, omni-channel, all of those. And it was very much a brand-centric perspective saying, how can we make all of these channels work together? 
for our benefit, for the company's benefit, right? Not for the customer's benefit. Yeah. And I went, that's screwed. That, that's, that's wrong. That's the wrong approach. We need to be putting the customer first. We need to be looking at their customer journey, following that and working out what channels fit best into servicing the customer throughout the journey, okay. right? So essentially, that's the, the, the you know real nutshell. That's the holistic that's uh, the approach. Yes. Yeah. It's very much looking at that. And the reason why we focus on email marketing is because email marketing is the backbone of digital marketing. Yeah. It's the, you know, the workhorse, it's the push channel. It's always all the way through the customer journey, all the way through the customer life cycle. Email is there driving traffic back to the website and all the rest of it. So, yeah, you're so right. That, yeah. yeah, it is. So, you're so, right in the sense that email is, um, it is the one thing that is at, um at every phase isn't it of the customer journey on your website it's the order confirmations it's the email marketing it's the hey your yeah. order has arrived kind of email it I, I see what you're saying there is a it is the one thing the one out of all your marketing tools it is the one thing that drives everything yes yes and and you know it's 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 um like you were saying then so it's the customer service side of things but it's also the marketing side as well mm -hmm. so it's you know, it's got different facets as well. Wow. Okay. And so you lecture in this stuff. I read in your bio. Yes. Well, I have historically, I'm too busy now, but I, I used to, <laughs> I used to lecture for uh, Manchester university. Um, and, uh, I'm actually setting up some online training courses as well, which will be oh, following. Great. Yeah. Uh, specifically though on email marketing. Um, but yeah, so I've taught for, well, I started teaching around about 2010. So I've been teaching for 10 years. Um, and I absolutely love it. I, right. I love imparting any knowledge, um, of that I have of email marketing, but I think one of the main things that everyone always keeps telling me about, cause I speak a lot too internationally is one of the things that I, I really comes across as my passion and, you know, and then they get excited by it. They pick that up and sure. they go, Oh, I'm going to relook into email marketing <laughs> because it's a little bit more exciting than I thought it was. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny how, how people come away with that oh it's actually a bit more exciting than i thought and do you find then that with the clients that you meet and the people that you meet that actually they've lost their their love of email marketing their excitement of email marketing yeah. um, and it's kind of they're looking for the next thing and it's just almost like a pain in the bum now email marketing isn't it yeah it's 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 a shame because uh, I've, you know, as you know, so I've been in the in the industry for over twenty years, so I've seen it evolve, and it's now at the point where customers are actually looking at it as a very value packed channel. So they look at it to bring them the offers, the deals, the transactional emails, and everything. So email isn't going anywhere as far as the, the customer or the consumer is concerned. As far as the marketer, though. I can get, I literally can talk to you for an hour. I've got a whole chapter on this um, in the book, but essentially there's a, there's a big problem with email in how people regard it in particularly the C-suite, right? Or the decision makers. Mm -hmm. 
And that's because it is at workhorse. It delivers the highest return on investment year after year after year after year, right? It literally does. E-consultant yeah. for the last 10 years. It's, it's like the, the, the top one. But you can achieve it with spending very little budget. Right. So it's a very cost effective channel and everyone, you know, all the C-suite and they're saying, well, why should we invest more money into it? It's already outperforming all the other channels. It doesn't make any sense. No, it can't really deliver anymore. So we'll just leave it as is. And okay. what, yeah, what that does, um, you know, and, and we're really only working at a, a tiny bit of its potential. There's so much more that email can be delivering than it already does, but it's, it's about changing that mindset so that they understand there is more that it can be giving, but it needs an additional budget. And now back to the marketer. So the marketer is there and they're struggling on a day-to-day basis because they're really, because it is that workhorse, because it does bring in, you know, the revenue and the conversions and everything. Yeah. They're generally struggling, churning out, you know, it's just like a conveyor belt, right? Getting those campaigns out. And they don't get to do the exciting things. They don't get to do the you know, the, the things that's going to actually free up some of their time so that they can do the more strategic or the testing or anything like that. They're just literally doing things over and over again. And it gets a bit repetitive. It gets a bit boring. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think there's, there's, it's only when sort of, you know, they'll, they'll go and listen to someone like myself speak or teach or something and they start to sort of step outside of their daily life and they realize there is actually more to email than what I've been led to believe. Yeah. Okay. And it is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I hear what you're saying. Actually, can, you can resonate with it, at, you know, cause email marketing has been around since you know, the beginning of e-commerce since the beginning of digital. And so it's almost, it is the backbone, it is the spine, but I think people have forgot about it and they have put it on the back burner, haven't they? They've sort of, they've sort of left it in their thinking. How does this then tie in email marketing with um, what you call lifestyle marketing, uh, life cycle, not lifestyle, life cycle marketing um, and this holistic marketing approach? How does it all tie together? Sure. So life cycle marketing is basically, um, it, it, life cycle marketing is actually a form, a very easy form of personalization. So from the e-commerce realm, right, um, generally what you'll do is you'll have people coming to your website who are prospects. You don't know them. You have no idea who they are, where they've come from or anything like that, right? It's only when they subscribe that you actually start to get a little bit of inkling. You get permission. You can start to then be sending them emails. Hey, you know, those welcome onboarding, those kind of uh, campaigns. And you can start to find out, you know, even be monitoring what they're clicking and be segmenting based upon what they're clicking. That's planting information, all of those, all of that kind of good, good stuff there. So that's the prospects. And then you've got your customers who have actually come and purchased for the first time, yeah. right? Now, if you speak to any retailer, that's probably about 80% of their database, yeah. right? Time buyers. And they are a wonderful, um, you know, low-hanging fruit. But not all retailers actually make take advantage of this. So now we're talking about that particular segment, which we can then be um, sending a second purchase program to. 
to encourage them, to incentivize them, to say, hey, you know, you've made your first purchase, fantastic. Do you like it? Great. Here's some more. Mm. So you will start doing that. And in fact, there's brands out there who have actually gone and done that. And I've done this for my clients. You've gone and you crunch the numbers, you go and have a look. <clears throat> and you realize that it's at, actually at um, the fourth purchase that they become regular, reliable, you know, um, buyers fantastic so what we're going to do is we're going to implement then a fourth you know so we'll do a third purchase program and a fourth purchase program because yeah. our desire is to get them to being regular buyers once you know get sorry them can i interrupt Keith? um when you say uh third purchase program and fourth purchase program just in case people don't know what that means just explain quickly what you're referring to then so i like to refer to <clears throat> start at the beginning if someone comes to your website and they actually sign up to your email and yep. they say, I want to hear about you, I want to hear, get your offers and everything, I don't call that a, 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 um, a welcome email. What I do, sorry. <clears throat> no worries. Grab a drink. Um, I'm making lots of notes, which is why I keep looking down. I do oh, okay. fashion pen and paper. So what I do is I like to call programs after the objective right? <clears throat> so for me, identifying the objective and staying focused on the objective for that program is absolutely key for its success. So in my mind, actually calling a welcome program, a welcome program isn't really calling upon the program, uh, the, the objective. Okay. It's an objective. It's not your main objective. Your main objective with a welcome email is actually to get them to make the first purchase. Yeah. Right? Yep. The sooner they make it, the better. So let's rename that and call that the first purchase program. Okay. So, After they make yeah. their first purchase, you want to send them a second purchase program, which is focused on getting them to make their second purchase. Yep. And then a third purchase and a fourth purchase. So a program then is uh, a either an email or a series of emails engineered to um, – lead the customer to make that objective. So if it's a second purchase program, you're going to send them an email or a series of emails to get them by a second time. Is that, Correct. Is that how I'm interpreting what you're saying? Have I got that? Yep, that's it. Awesome. You can be doing it manually, but of course it makes a lot more sense to be automating it. Oh, geez. Especially if you've got more than four customers. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, this is this, and this is where lifecycle marketing is it's all about recognizing these certain, you know, um, so you've got your, you've, you've got your, um, your prospects and normally it's acquisition. It breaks down into, and you can break it down to however you want to do it, whether it's minute or whether it's more bigger sections, but generally with the clients that I work, we'll work with acquisition, we'll work with conversion, retention, and then reactivation. So we work with those four. Okay. So, so what we're talking about then is we are, uh, are sort of breaking those programs into those different parts of the life cycle. Now, obviously, we want the majority to be in the re retention. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's it. Because and that's where our, our loyal pro loyalty programs will be and all the rest of it. But that's essentially what life cycle marketing is, is making sure that we are talking to our database, our email database differently, recognizing that everyone's at different places within the life cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's generally based upon actual
actions or even inactions that they've taken, i.e. if they haven't purchased in a while, sure. then they'll be in the reactivation um, one. So, so that's really what, what life cycle marketing is. It, like I said, by its innate nature, it's personalized mm-hmm. because you're recognizing them. And and you it, either overtly or covertly, you don't necessarily have to say, hey, you know, you're a regular buyer, but you may want to on occasion, you yeah, know. Yeah, one of our favorite customers, you know. Exactly, you know. Um, but, you know, for things like, you know, oh, you, so you've made your first purchase. Great, great to have you on board. You know, that's yeah. lovely because people do love to be recognized. They do. They do. And they love to be invited back after this. So, I, I mean, we have what you would call a first purchase program. We have that. And actually when we instituted that, Beth did it a few years ago. Um, I was really shocked actually by how well people responded to it. Uh, it was really, really fascinating. Um, so would you, if I go back to these sort of four, um, I'm going to call them buckets. I don't know what you call them, but these sort of four buckets, you've got acquisition, conversion, retention, and reactivation. Yes. In life cycle marketing, then have you got uh, your database in one of these four buckets and that's how you've identified them? Yes, generally it's the case, but generally it will be, um, like I said, you will have it automated. There will be tags and they will move in accordingly. Um, so, so it's all, you know, you, you need to be, uh, setting it up as, um, savvily, um, as, as, as possible in order to make things streamlined for you. But I have some smaller clients who have, you know, they, they just manually go and pull out the reports and, you know, email them and, and everything, but they're, they're the minority. Okay. So do you have different programs or different email sequences? then for each of those four stages and you identify how you're going to move people from one bucket to the next bucket. I'm really sorry if bucket is a wrong phrase. Um, no, it's fine. Stage. 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 It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. So, so your whole lifestyle marketing, uh, life cycle, I keep calling it lifestyle. I don't know why. I'm really sorry. <laughs> life cycle mark. Am I the only person that does that, by the way? <laughs> it's it's been a long day so life cycle marketing then is it it's about getting people to go through this funnel these funnel of different stages but staying in this retention obviously not going into reactivation but staying in that area where they become um repeat regular customers and um for each business i mean you make you mentioned in your example the fourth purchase program so when someone's sort of purchased from you four times they sort of They've hit this tipping point and they're likely to keep buying from you quite easily. Yes. Um, that's well, obviously I'm, going to be different for different businesses, right? Sorry, that's that's for a particular client. Yeah, yeah. That's not necessarily typical for everyone. You need to find that out for yourself. Exactly. So you need to go figure out where that tipping point is. Um, and that that just comes with experience and, and just sort of looking at data, I take it. Yes. Yeah. So if you were going to um, start your own e-commerce business. I tell you, let me give you an example, Kath, because, you know, maybe you'll relate to this. My eldest son is just about, you know, COVID willing <laughs> to head off to um, uh, St. Andrews. He's going to do uni at St. Andrews. Mm-hmm. And me being the dad that I am, I said, awesome. How are you going to pay for that? Right. Um, and so he is going to start up his own e-commerce website. Obviously, that's going to help him. 
um, and he's going to finance his way through uni, hopefully doing the website. What advice would you give him on how to get started with email marketing, with this sort of lifestyle marketing, life cycle marketing? I, I should just put a pound in a swear jar every time I say it. Um, so he's a startup. He's a young startup that wants to get going. What's the best way to get started? Okay. So he has to understand about the customer journey. So he will need to do a bit of, uh, you know, sort of prep beforehand or, of course, speak to his father and get a little bit of a heads up on, on how everything works. But essentially, the way we always start with, with recommending for all of our clients, newbies up to experience, because a lot of experience do not have this in place, and that's creating a strategy. And, and what you do there is you start with the, the, he would start with his, what's his business objective? What does he want to do? Right? Yep. So that's, that's where he, that's his starting point. And from then he's going to then break into those four stages. So he'll have acquisition, he'll have um, conversion, retention and win back or re reactivation. Yep. And what he will then do is put a marketing objective for each of those ones as well. So what do I want to do with my acquisition segment that's actually going to help me or how can I be using my acquisition segment to help me to achieve this uh, business goal? Yep. So, so that could be, well, I need to make X amount of, you know, um, um, uh, new subscribers. I need to build my list, right? Mm -hmm. So I need to have, you know, 20,000 subscribers within six months. Always try and make your objectives as smart as possible. Um, so, so you do it that way and then you work your way down with conversion and, and, uh, and then retention and then the reactivation you work out and you could have multiple objectives for each of those. And then what you do is you work out what the strategy and then that, then you come to the tactics. Now, at the very beginning, you said something about bells and whistles or silver bullets or something like that. Yeah. And what I tend to find is that marketers love the practical. They love good email marketers in particular love the practical. And so what they tend to is gravitate straight away to the tactics. Now we were talking about the first purchase program, second purchase, third purchase, right? They are tactics. Yeah. So, right. But the, the 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 first purchase program that is a tactic that's actually going to help you with the um uh with the uh conversion right so it's the second and third and fourth so that's their convert they will come under the conversion one so what you need to do is realize that um they are um tactics that you don't want to start with you want to start with the business goal, then the marketing objective for each of the life cycle stages, then work out what the strategy will be, and then the individual tactics. Yeah. Now, if you start at the right place, which is, as I've just said it, it's so easy because you seriously, you cannot, it, it, straight away, as soon as you start saying a, a, a marketing objective, right? So let's give this an, a, an example. Let's go with the acquisition one. Sure. Right. I need to get 20,000 20, subscribers within six months. What's the first thing that comes to your mind as soon as you say that? You start to think, how can I do that? Yeah, yeah. How can I achieve that? 
right? And now you then start, well, I'm going to be doing Facebook ads. I'm going to have a popover, you know, on the website. I'm going to be doing some PPC. Okay, do, 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 and all the rest of it. And your mind is, and all these tactics are coming out as opposed to starting with the tactic and you're kind of going, oh, okay, what else can we do? You know, yeah. you're starting at the right place and it feeds into it. Yeah, and so, so valuable about advice. Yeah, so pretty soon you have, you, you've created your strategy, you've identified all yeah. of your programs, and then it's just a matter of identifying which of the programs you need to be, or the tactics you need to be implementing, you know, first yeah. and prioritizing. So yeah, I, I would suggest. I, I just want to emphasize this because if you're listening to the show and you didn't get this, um, the simplicity of this idea is super powerful. And one of my big learnings over the many years I've been doing this, and that yeah. is strategy first, tactics second, because it's uh, let the strategy guide the tactics rather than the tactics guide the strategy, because you just go from shiny thing to shiny thing, the latest gizmo, the latest gadget and idea, and there's no common thread in your marketing whatsoever. And it's, and you don't really, I find you don't have time because everything changes at a million miles an hour. You don't have time to establish anything or get anything set up. Um, but what you're saying is bang on, right? Get the strategy first and then yes. figure out the best way to, to do that. So you've got to build your email list. What's the best way to go and get, you know, people on your email list, maybe Facebook advertising. Well, okay. So now I've got to learn about that and figure out the best way to grow an email list through Facebook advertising rather than coming in and going, Oh, I want to do Pinterest marketing or whatever it is without figuring out why or where that fits in. Exactly, exactly. And that's it. So often, you know, as a consultant, I go in and I see that there, there are these disjointed programs because they've just read an article and said, Oh, you should do that. Great. Let's do that. Oh, you should do that. Oh, okay. We'll do that. And then they're, they're disjointed programs but they're disjointed for the customer as well. And that's where the holistic perspective comes in. It's about the customer. We want to give them a lovely connected journey. Um, Hence why we want to be starting with them. And if we're starting focused on the strategy, we're focusing on them. Yeah. Right. Because that's the other thing too, that I, I, I say, and that's really, really simple. It's a very, very simple concept. Think of it as being two sides of the same coin, right? One side is it's your brand and your, so your son's uh, objectives, right? He wants to make sales so he can save money and go to uni. The other side, the people who come to his website, what do they want to do? They want to buy from him, right? Because he's got products and everything that they think look good. Fantastic. So the old way of doing email marketing, because remember it's a push channel, very powerful is basically push, push, push. Yep. We push, push, push our sales. And, and that's when consumers tend to tune out because they kind of go, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Whereas if we actually were to go around the other side here, literally walk around, take the customer by the hand and say, how can I help you to meet your objective? How can I help you to buy the product that you want. What is it that you're needing from me, right? You're helping them. It's very customer service oriented led. People love customer service. You're focused on them, making it more meaningful to them, more applicable, more palatable to them. And they then go and convert because you've, you've met their needs. You've serviced them, right? So you then by default, 
have made your, you know, your objective has been met as well. So it's it's an easier way of doing it rather than this whole, you know, push, 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 and fingers crossed that they convert. So, so how would you, how would, I mean, that sounds great. Um, and I get the push channel is basically just sending your email newsletter out, but how do I get around the other side of the table and with, with, with the email marketing, how do I do that in a way that's going to connect, like you say, with that whole customer service side of things? So a very obvious one is, and you, you pull up your inbox and you'll see them. It's, we've got a sale on today. Um, we, we have these awesome products. We, 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 right? Versus you can, you can make some great savings today, you know, um, 24 hours um, sale or something like this. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're literally turning it around to meeting and addressing their, the benefits for them as opposed to we. So it's just very much customer centric rather than brand centric. You of course need to be aware of why they have subscribed, what it is that they're wanting. Yeah. Generally, you know, if you've, if you've got an e-commerce site, you understand what your products and everything, and you, you'll probably have them in the categories, you'll understand what their needs are, and, and you can be, you know, meeting their needs that way. Um, so it is, it's just, again, it's like everything that you possibly can put the customer first. So even when it talks about subject lines, even in the packaging up of the, 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 the copy, the call to actions, all of that, start thinking instead of maybe instead of you know shop now maybe explore the range yeah is email the best place for a very strong call to action shop now think about it right with email being a push channel we're actually saying to them have you considered why not you know have a think about look here's some new products that we're suggesting because we're suggesting, um, and this is in the marketing ones, obviously, not transactional, yeah. but we're suggesting, so maybe they're not quite ready yet for that very strong shop now one. Whereas when they're there, they're doing a bit of search, they're going, oh, I need a, a new radio. Okay, great. So I'm going to do a bit of search. Here it is. They're, you know, more intent, mm-hmm. the, the higher intent. And so therefore you can have a stronger call to action. So things like that is also very, very much um, part okay. of the way and also part of um you know, understanding how you can make it more palatable for them and be. Uh, sound, that sounds great. I mean, what you're in effect doing is you're saying these are still the business objectives you still want to sell. You will still want to promote your product. Yeah. What we're asking you to do is reframe your business objectives in language that connects with your clients, with your customers, makes them feel special, makes them feel unique. Very Don Miller. I don't know if you've come across Don Miller, the story brands, the customer is the hero. Not, okay. Yeah, really. He's, he, his whole thing is too many brands are out there. <laughs> too many brands are out there peddling themselves as the hero. You know, we're great. Yes. Um, whereas his, his whole theory is um, he uses a Star Wars analogy, which is why I really resonate with, you know, right. his concepts. But he uses a Star Wars analogy is like you, the brand, are not Luke Skywalker. Your client is Luke Skywalker. You're Obi-Wan Kenobi. They're the right. hero, you're the guide, help them become better and win. Do you see what I mean? And That's so it. it's, it's, it's what you're saying, isn't it, in a, in a nutshell? And it's like reframe it 
to the customer language yes. and you'll do you'll do well that's it. It, it the bottom line is is you've got to understand how humans work and humans are incredibly self-centered mm. so we do we need to make you know they're, they're not sort of going oh i'm going to buy from this brand to help this brand well maybe in times of covid We've got a local shop. We are going to be buying from them to help them, right? Yeah. That, but that's unusual. But generally speaking, it's not a good you know, marketing they, tactic long term. No, no, and they they don't buy just to help you, right? <laughs> they buy to service a need that they have, um, and so therefore, okay, let's, let's make it about them. Mm. It's already about them. Let's realize that it's about them, and you know, help help them, help us, basically. Yeah. yeah. No, it's top advice. I always like the exam. I'm, I'm going to pick on accountants a little bit because that's always my my go to when we talk about this topic. I, I did this live once on stage and we Googled accountants in Liverpool. And I, the first one that came up, the whole website was, you know, we've been around 40 years. We're amazing at doing tax. We're this, we're that and we're the other. And they had a they had their logo. The logo was massive on the screen. And then their hero picture was a picture of their building. And on the side of their building was their logo. Just, do you know what I mean? It was just hysterical. <laughs> the whole hero section was one big, well, it's two big logos. And yeah. then it had one of these sort of scrolly images. Um, and so the next one was somebody holding one of their business cards with their logo on. Like they were super pleased and proud of their logo. And I said to everyone in the audience, I said, do me a favor. Everyone just raise their hand. How many of you care about their logo? Yeah. Nobody put their hand up. No. And not unless they were from that company. Yes. So what, and this is one of those big things. It's a big, it's a simple thing. I go about it all the time. The amount of e-commerce websites have huge logos on the website. Whereas one thing you notice about Apple, Amazon, all the big sites, their logos are tiny because no one cares. Yeah, that's it. And it's just reframing what you do, your site, your email, your language in a way that connects with the customer. That's I like it. that. I like that. That's good. So we've got strategy over tactics or strategy drives tactics. And we've got um, customer centric, be customer centric, uh, focus on the customer being the hero, the how can I help you approach to email. Is there anything else that you'd want to throw in here? Where to where to begin or where to stop? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so many places. So many places. Um, yes, yeah, so the helpful marketing, um, that's, a, that's a key factor, but there's also, and, and this is why I've done a study on this, um, it's called customer experience email marketing, right? Okay. And again, so within there's three main facets that we found that fall under the customer experience um, email marketing and understanding that the customer experience email marketing is, is crucial because people do want to have that good experience. Yeah. You mentioned Apple before, right? We are now expecting, you know, uh, that like, okay, we're going to, uh, you've been in the one in Covent Garden, maybe. When you have, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go there and I absolutely love it. And they come straight to you and say, well, what would you like today? And they take you to it. And then you don't even have to go to check out. It's a wonderful customer experience. People are now, consumers are now expecting that even on the website, in email and all the rest of it. And that made me start to think, well, actually email often is the, is the beginning of the journey. 
it's the one that's because because we're pushing the, the the messages we're pushing the products to them we're actually kick-starting that customer experience yeah to them right and so we want to make sure that that customer experience um is 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 uh, fair and equitable or, or the same all the way through that journey so from email through to um the the website through to um you know then the, the whole website experience and then the emails again and everything so we went and had a look at um the, the three main um facets of it which are helpful mm-hmm. right being helpful customer centric and personalization okay so they're the three and we actually did some um uh, uh, there's a study of white paper on our website and basically we found out that those brands who were more personalized more helpful and more customer centric actually got higher engagement within their emails okay so there yeah. are three keys then to higher engagement in your emails yeah so when you say be helpful what do you mean so it, pretty much what we were talking about beforehand is is being being it just comes under being helpful. So if you think about it, um, you can have. It, I mean, there's been some great examples. I've written a lot about them during COVID because suddenly everyone's realizing that empathy and helpfulness is actually quite necessary during these times, and suddenly humanity has made an appearance in email marketing for the first time ever, I think, really, you know, or humanity in a fair amount, shall we say, you'd have one or two brands. Um, And, and so that is, that's absolutely wonderful to see, you know, this whole humanity, but that's really what it is all about. Like um, there's one brand, um, Woolovers, and they, sent one of the early on in during COVID, they said, wow, you know, um, this has really hit us hard as a business. Yeah. You know, they're just transparent and everything. Yeah. They weren't fluffing it up, but you know what? We're here for you. If you just want to have a chat, you don't have to place an order, you know, Betty's on the phone or something waiting for your call, you know, so just, just, you know, yeah. yeah. That was absolutely lovely, right? So that is obviously quite extreme, and I'm not saying we need to be doing that every day or every email or anything like this, but that that's a very um, uh, obvious, overt example. Yeah, it's a real example of somebody being super helpful in difficult times, isn't it? Yeah. So I, and it's so if we if we think about it, right now, <clears throat> my perspective on email marketing is is quite unique in some ways i tend to think that at the point of subscribe to the newsletter right i want to sign up for your deals because you you have gone and spent time phrasing the benefits as to why they should you know sign up you haven't just said sign up to our newsletter you've actually said you'll be the first to hear blah 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 get some special deals all the rest of it and i as a consumer go there and i say oh yeah, I'll have some of that. That sounds good, right? So what's happened is that the brand has made an offer and I have accepted. Mm-hmm. What does that normally mean? That means a transaction's taken place. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Right? No money has passed, you know, exchanged hands like that, but a transaction has happened regardless. Now the brand is there 
going to be delivering every single email that they send, it's going to be delivering upon that promise that they made at the point of the original transaction. Okay. So now we're looking at every single email that we send, marketing emails, transactional, everything, are actually transactional service-based emails. Now, what's the key factor within a, a customer service-based email or a transactional-based email? They're helpful, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yep. They're letting you know when your product's going to be arriving. They're letting you know how much you spent. They're letting you know, you know, um, hey, you also might like to have this, or if it's a cart abandonment one, it could be a, you know, hey, you also you you left this in your cart. Can we help you? They're very very customer focused and customer service oriented, and that's really just the whole thing. You made a promise. They took you up on the promise. Now deliver upon that promise. Deliver the value. And, and be customer service oriented about it and look at every single email that you send. You're delivering upon that original promise. That's brilliant. I'm just writing this down. It's, um, it's the simple stuff, isn't it? But it, as I say simple, it's a simple principle, but I'm gonna, if I did a survey of everybody who listens to this show, how many of them are actually doing that? Uh, I, it wouldn't be that many, I wouldn't have thought. No, but once you actually get it, same as the two sides of the same coin, once you get these principles, mm-hmm. they actually free you up. No longer now are you going to be saying, oh, oh my goodness, I've got to spare my, you know, my, my database again. Oh, my goodness. You know, because now you're realizing what content you want. Now you're realizing the purpose. Now you're more focused on delivering the goods as such, you know, yeah. delivering upon that original promise and so you it's it's like you've got now yeah i i don't know it just gives you clarity yeah yeah yeah. and actually the custom i think if you if you have helpful emails um customer centric personalized helpful emails your three principles which i really like um if you have those i dare say your unsubscribes are gonna fall Mm -hmm. because people will stay connected they're going to open them more so your open rates are going to go up where it's the spammy ones, um, I I don't know how many I had today. I think I deleted about 250 at my inbox without even thinking about yes. who they were or where they're from. Um, but a few companies over COVID, like you said, have actually didn't been delivering some helpful emails, and I will open every single one of those emails. Yes. Which I find quite fascinating. And um, why do I do that? And they will normally have some kind of helpful content or tutorials or something in their emails. So whenever I see their name, I'm like, I'm telling Google mail, make sure that goes in my inbox Yes. rather than just in the promotions tab. Do you know what I mean? And so. And it it all makes a huge difference. You know, every, as Tesco says, every little, every little helps, you know, all of these things, all help with your deliverability, your better deliverability helps with your better conversion rate, all the rest of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Warren's just put here, snap, Matt, I hate spam. <laughs> I, uh, I know how you feel, Warren. We all hate spam. No one really likes it, let me tell you. Um, but it, I find, I don't, I, we talked about this at the start of the show. I, I, I thought I was like one of these saddos that just did this, but um, I find looking at spam, and going, why did I not open that email? What was it that meant I was just going to skim over it and delete it? I deleted 250. I don't do it every day, but 
every now and again I'm like, well, why did I? Why was that email involved in the 250? What's it missing? It caused mm-hmm. me to open. Um, some amazing lessons you get out of doing that. Do you know what I mean? It's um, I, I find that quite fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, whether it's the the, the the phrasing or whether it sometimes it's just the timing. You know, you can't you're just deleting it because it's not of interest to you at this particular time. But the reason why you haven't hit spam, you know, this is spam, or you haven't unsubscribed is because you still are emotionally connected to them, or shall we say even emotionally, you're not ready to say goodbye to them yet Mm -hmm. um, because they will serve a purpose at some stage later on. Um, so you kind of, you know, that's, that's fine. You still have, have them in your inbox, but then other ones are just like, yeah, I, I, I get them. And I still get, I'm sure I've already unsubscribed. Why are you still there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to read. That's, that's dangerous territory right there. Um, I get, um, I get personalized. When you say make emails personalized, I get that, you know, and, tailor that around pages that they've looked at on the website, products they've purchased from you in the past and all that sort of stuff. And I can, I can get my head around that. That's practical. How do you split out? Um, and, and when I say this, I, I need you to make it simple so I can understand it, Kath, right? Um, how do you split out the difference between being helpful and being customer centric? What are some of the subtleties between those two things? Yeah, um, helpful is really um, there. There is a huge crossover. So customer centric, and it really depends on how you choose to carve it up, right? Because it all comes back down to you. Um, and I could show you some examples. I'd have to call upon the report, um, which I don't have on hand. I could send it to you. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> and um, so a, a lovely well. Okay. There's this one that was, um, no, it wasn't train line. It was a particular train and it was an email and it came through and it was one of those. So it was an update. You had done a booking, but it wasn't the transactional email. It was the email that came afterwards. So it was still regarded as being a marketing email. And it basically said, you know, okay, um, are you ready for your trip? Your trip's going to be here um, shortly. Um, you know, you can take this much luggage. You can do this. Don't forget you need to scan here, blah, 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 blah. Um, and um, whilst you're there, here are some sites that you could be seeing. And, you know, so basically you had a mix of personalization because they knew exactly where you were going to. Yeah. You had that very, very helpful, helpful content hey, you're going to be going there. Would you also like to be looking at this? But then it was all about the customer. Yeah. So it the customer centricity mm-hmm. factor. So that that was kind of like wrapping all of them together. And, and that to me really, really spells out, you know, if, if you can nail it, if you can yeah. get it, which of course you can't do with every single email, but you can get sort of certain elements of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's good, I, guess, I think, whenever you have a little check, uh, when you – Whenever you send an email out, like whenever we send emails out, I have a little, a little checklist in my head, which I go through that I want to look at. Do you know what I mean? And, and I would, I guess we can put on that checklist, those three things. Is it helpful, customer centric, and is it personalized? Yeah, no, that's, that's great. Um, 
So is there any kind of software that you would recommend or that you use or because I know that there's a lot of email providers out there like we've used Active Campaign, we've used MailChimp, we've used Pure 360, we've used I mean Mark Ash is coming on the show, we've got all kinds of things. You know, all these different systems out there. Are there any ones that you prefer that you like that uh, that you would recommend? Uh, we are ESP agnostic. Um, so we don't sort of promote one over the other. I personally, though, also always say, I, I can give some tips, right? Mm-hmm. So the tip is, um, the first tip is, is understand what you want to do. So have your strategy written yeah. because that's going to give you really, really good insight as to what tactics you want and therefore what technology you need because it's really easy to get carried away with the bells and whistles with an ESP coming because there's some amazing technology out there. Honestly, email marketing is some of the best technology. Oh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So they come and they've got all these bells and whistles, which are brilliant. But do you know what? If you're not going to use it, then don't pay for it. Mm-hmm. So that's what you need to do. You need to find out, well, actually, that bell and whistle, bells and whistles is not in our strategy. So, so you know, there's no point in paying extra for it. And then also when you're doing that, if you are going to be doing either an RFP or if you're just going to be doing demos, you can say to them, listen, um, I have these particular scenarios based upon my strategy, the tactics and everything that I've gone and identified. I've got these particular scenarios. I would like you to show me how I would accomplish them with your system. All right. So it means that the demo is going to be more personally meaningful to you and your particular situation, which will give you a, a heads up. And also that way you can compare apples with apples because if you just let a, a demo happen as it would organically happen from the you know the vendor's perspective, then you'd be shown different things because they're going to always show you their bells and whistles and what they think that their strengths are. And so you don't necessarily compare apples with apples, whereas if you get them to all show you how to go and create a, an automated program, yeah. right? Fantastic. So you yeah. know this one here takes six steps, that one there takes three steps, and that one takes four and a half, right? You can now make a decision. That's, again, very helpful top advice. I like the fact you're um, uh, platform agnostic. I think that's probably the best way to be. Uh, in this day and age, because again, they all change super quick. One, you'll say this one's really cool, and then the next day, the other one will be cooler, um, which is why it's good to know your strategy. Yes, and there are some amazing platforms, as I said, out there, and it depends on your budget. It depends on what you need it for. There's there's a platform out there for everyone. So, and and that's why I'm not kind of sort of just say, okay, these are totally awesome. You know, I'm, I'm good friends with most of them. You know, Mark and I are very good friends and all the rest of it. So it's it's not, you know, it's, it's just the way it is. I think it's best just to do it on an individual basis. Yeah, no, that's top advice. So if you, if you're not, uh, going with one specific platform. So at the beginning, you've got your strategy, you've figured out your tactics, you're using that to guide your platform. If I come out of it at the other end, what tips do you have for measuring success? How do I know I've been successful? What would be your advice there? Yeah, okay, this is great. 
So because um, e-commerce is, is the key the key topic here, um, besides email, obviously, but the, the e-commerce is, is uh, where we're talking about. Conversions, you know, we're pretty safe to say conversion is the key metric that we're going to be looking at, right? So I'm a big believer in making sure that your metric that you're measuring, your KPI, the, the one that you're saying, okay, this was successful, you know, maps back to the objective. So if your objective is a first purchase program to make the first purchase, well, then do you know what, what, what's your objective? What's your metric going to be? First purchase. Thank you. It's really, really, really simple. And and that's how I see it as being. Obviously, acquisition will be different because it will be subscribers. But but again, it it's it you know, it's so much easier when you name the program after what your actual objective is, and then that helps you to map back what the actual metric of success is going to be. Um and there's yeah, there's there's uh I've written a lot on this about um, some people call them vanity metrics, vanity metrics, which are in email marketing, you know, the opens and the clicks that I said to you at the very beginning, I was selling my, you know, my, my system on. And they're great. They're great indicators. They're good for benchmarking your regular campaigns and everything, but they're not generally a good measurement for success, particularly when we're talking about, uh, e-commerce unless you're going to be sending what's called a nudge campaign and a nudge campaign is simply a um hey you know we're not going to force a sale on you you know but we're basically just saying you know it, it's a nice it's a it, it's a it's a feel-good email it's a uh, it is very much generally a helpful email but it's not focused just on a sale you will yeah. make sales from it right and on that basis, you would probably be looking at the opens and the clicks or something. But generally speaking, with e-commerce, you'd be looking beyond that, which means that you need to make sure that your ESP is integrating with your e-commerce system or you're measuring, you know, you're, you're actually looking at Google Analytics and you have that connected and all the rest of it. So you can be measuring them accordingly. Now, I'd like to also put in a little, a little, um, uh, nod here to testing, right? I'm incredibly passionate about testing. So testing, I think, is is the, the key to success. Okay. And again, when you're testing, it seems very logical from everyone's perspective to be testing it and using opens and clicks as being the metric of success. But again, I recommend go with the real one, the conversions, because there's been too many tests that I have seen where what happens is, um, you know, and we'll take this as, as a, an obvious one, because I, I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds, tens of hundreds of times I've, I've seen tests like this. You're testing um, a short subject line versus a long subject line, right? And that's what they call it, short versus long. Yep. For some reason, email marketers love testing that. And you end up going with the short because the short has more openness. But actually, if you were to have gone through to the clicks and then gone through to the conversions, you find out, generally speaking, okay. yeah. the long will actually give you high conversions. Now, there is a rhyme to, to this, so, you know. Short ones generally mean that you're more generic, 
what you know hey we're going to sail on yeah versus uh we have a sale in women's wear yeah all right um so you know and 10 percent off or something like that so a sale is going to get everyone's attention they're going to go great in every you know they go click through and then they go oh it's women's wear i'm a man it's no good for me all right i'm not interested and they drop off but you've got a really great high open rate mm-hmm. But then the women's wear is actually going to be attracting the right people who are going to end up converting. And so those are the kind of things that you want to be taking into consideration and understanding that, you know, the, the, the metric of success really should still be mapping back to the objective of that campaign. I like Um, that. That's really good. And so do you, I mean, again, a little bit off piece here, just um, as you were talking, Kath, it's like, do you find that in your emails, if you're starting to qualify the prospect, so you're qualifying the prospect or the recipient of the email, you're qualifying them with the subject line, what you're writing about in the subject line. So the longer yes. ones tend to have higher conversion rates. You're qualifying in your body copy. Um, do you deliberately do that when you create emails? Yes. Yes. So we, we, we generally, and I, like I said, I, I test this all the time. It, it depends on what the objective is. So if the objective is, say if you're a publisher and your objective is that you actually get rewarded on uh, open rates because that's what your advertisers pay you, then you go short every time. You know, maybe, well, I'm, I'm not saying that as a general rule, but I'm saying it's something for you to be testing. Right. Um, but it, it, so it, it's, it's, it's up to you to, to work that one out. But, yeah, absolutely. And, and the way we do testing, so we call it holistic testing, which is slightly different to regular A-B split testing. That You're would not surprise me in the least, Kath. <laughs> and, and what it is, so the whole, the whole idea with holistic testing is that you have to start with a hypothesis. Now, most email marketers do not do hypotheses. They just don't because the systems that we've been talking about, which are fantastic, um, they're not actually great systems for testing and they don't allow you to actually be putting down that. They just say, okay, subject line A, subject line B. And so they'll be just testing the actual, um, you know, copy as such, right? So we believe in actually putting a, a, a hypothesis down, first of all, so we could take that, you know, short versus long as, as a very basic hypothesis. Um, I can't even remember. Why was I talking about this? Oh, you're talking about how the holistic approach is different. Yeah, so essentially what it does then is it goes, we use the hypotheses, and then you, you need to be um, measuring it again, you know, correctly. But what it's going to do is it's going to enable you to actually identify the reason why it won. Mm-hmm. Now that is the learning and that's really, really crucial. Now that's no different to most, like if you're going to do a, a conversion optimization, you know, course or yeah. you're doing it on your website, right? That's basic principles. But what we go further on to say, and and this is not what's happening in email marketing in the first place, but what we go further on to say is then we can use email as the testing channel, as the starting point to then be finding out about our audience and what works 
and then using those insights to, as a starting place on your landing page. Okay. Now, bear with me with this, right? Because yeah, I'm with you. Push channel. Our database is our target market. We can even break it down into those lifecycle segments and test them individually as well. So we're testing what resonates best with those particular you know, segments or we can do it as a whole. And it's very cost effective and it's immediate, right? It's very, very quick. We don't have to wait. We don't have to be throwing thousands and thousands of pounds at you know Google PPC or like that to be driving traffic because we've already got it sitting there. Yeah. And then we can go and say, great, well, we've we've found that this to be so. Now let's go and refine this on the landing page. So I'm not saying we don't do it, but we can do it. Now, the other thing too about the holistic one is unlike a typical A-B split test for email, where you will only test one factor at a time. Now, again, bear with me with this, right? Testing one factor, at a time in email and you understand how important that subject line is. There's three steps to conversion. Get them to open it up. And yeah. that's really calling upon the from name and the subject line. Yeah. Get them to click on the email, which is the body of the email yeah. and get them to convert on the landing page, right? Without the first one, the subject line, you're not going to get two and three. So the subject line is incredibly important. If you could only ever test one factor at a time, you'd only ever, ever test subject lines. Right. It's incredibly limiting. Mm -hmm. So what we believe is that if we're testing a hypothesis and let's say loss aversion versus benefits or savings versus benefits, right? So we're now testing motivation so now we can have a subject line that is testing that that's stating the benefits versus subject line that's uh, um, uh, stating savings. The copy would also be the same. The image could also be the same. The call to action could also be the same. The landing page are also going to be the same. Yeah. So now we have got an email that has got four factors all supporting the same hypothesis about the, the, the you know the, um, yeah. the the benefits and everything and versus the, the the other one and so you're more likely to have a robust result as yeah. well because you're not just testing one little factor you're testing, testing throughout the whole thing yeah no, so, that's great yeah so that that's that then frees you up so you can be testing subject lines every time absolutely but you're also testing other things as well and you're you're testing for long-term results and findings rather than just an immediate this email versus you know okay this email on this particular campaign which is a, a momentary you know one-off so how do you um if you're going to start testing um what sort of numbers do you need to test what's a if you if i only got an email of say a thousand people is that enough to split test or is that do i need more i mean yeah where no, do you start it's a great it's a great question um that's where holistic testing helps you as well because you're using a hypothesis you can test that same hypothesis and i'm trying to remember what it was it was uh, it was benefits versus say yeah. Right? So you're testing that same hypothesis multiple times. 
but each time your subject line is going to be different. Your call to action might be the same or it might be different, but either it doesn't matter. Your products are different, but they're all still supporting that hypothesis, which means that over a period of time, you're going to say, okay, we're now up to a statistically significant result and we can call the winner because of it. It's not 100% accurate, but it's a downside better than not testing at all. Yeah, than yeah. just your gut. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. The, the mistake everybody makes is just write one email. Yeah. One subject line. Whack it out there and, oh, that didn't perform very well. No, maybe you didn't perform very well. Just want to point that out. <laughs> um, okay, I've, I'm getting my head around this. So if I was going to... If I was going to say to you, right, Kath, I want to see some examples of companies that have got this down packed. I'm go- I want to go and subscribe to their email newsletters and see what comes in. Who would you recommend? I think um, Soak and Sleep do a fantastic job. Who, sorry? Soak and Sleep. Soak and Sleep. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> Yep, it's not a well-known brand, great products, um, but they do a fantastic job. I think Bowdoin do a great job as well. Yep. Um, There's quite a few brands. I'm always terrible at being put on the spot when it comes to brands. Woolovers, I think, actually do it. They do an okay job as well. Um, I'm just trying to think of the ones that I've dealt with recently. Um, yeah, but definitely I think so conceive, you know, and, and that to me is actually a really good example because they're not a big brand. They haven't got a huge amount of budget. They haven't got a huge, you know, email team, but they, they got it right. It, you know, and to me, it's not like it is Gap who's got, you know, a big budget and who's got multinational, sure. you know, uh-huh. you know, exposure and everything like that. So I take that as, as a sign. If these guys can do it, then, you know, everyone else is standing a pretty good chance of doing it too. Well, I'm going to sign up for their newsletter now. So I've, I've not heard of them before, so I'm definitely going to go sign up uh, and add them to my little list. So thank you for the tip. Um, Kath, listen, it is, there are so many ways that we could go, and I'm aware of time, uh, and uh, I appreciate you being with us. How do... How do people connect with you? How do they get hold of you if they want to, if they want to reach out? What's the best way to do that? Um, okay, so I am on LinkedIn, um, uh, Kath Pay. So it's, you know, linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Kath Pay. I'm um, uh, on Twitter at Kath Pay as well. Um, you can always get me by, funny enough, by email. <laughs> One would hope so, Kath. Yes, yes. Um, so it's Kath at holisticemail.com. Um, and the actual website is holisticemailmarketing.com. And um, yeah, and I will be actually having um, a website being made in the next couple of weeks. Oh, wow. Where we will be sort of, you know, launching or doing the pre launch for the book. So if you want to go to kathbay.com but put a little note in, don't do it yet. <laughs> because there's nothing there yet, um, then you can always go and sign up and, um, you know, and you'll get to hear about when the book is released. But Fantastic. And what's the title of the book going to be? 
Oh my goodness. Okay, so it's holistic email marketing, and then the subtitle, the, uh, the subtitle. Let me think. <laughs> <laughs> so we have put you on the spot now. Yes, the subtitle is um, a practical philosophy to revolutionize your business and increase sales, or something like that. I think I, I think it's the end bit. Okay, fantastic. And when's the the publishing date? Yeah, I think it's around about. Um, I'm, I'm hoping towards middle mid October, but most likely towards the end of um, October. Okay, so when it's published, just drop me a note, and then we'll tell all the podcast guys okay. and girls that it's uh, that it's available. Because I'm sure people will actually want to know uh, if they've listened to this podcast. And go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we should definitely get that book. So yeah. uh, it'll be great to have. And it, the content of the book is it is it uh, in more detail the kind of stuff you've talked about tonight. Yes, the kind of stuff I talk about tonight, I give examples, I go into more detail, I also have a lot more stuff as well. Sure. And how how painful was it writing a book? It wasn't painful because I, I talk about it a lot, you know, I write about it a lot. It's not like I was like, there's this concept that I haven't, I normally had already written about it or spoken about it a lot. So it was very natural. My big problem is really, have I got everything out there? Have I? <laughs> That's why we have a sequel, I think is the. Uh, I, th- I think it will be. Yes. Part two. Part two. Kath, listen, I really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for coming on the show and sharing your expertise. I've got lots of notes again. I love doing these podcasts, talking to experts like yourself and making lots of notes um, and uh, looking forward to getting those implemented. But really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, uh, Kath. Uh, uh, all the best with the book and the new courses that are coming out. Wonderful. Thanks very much, man. No problem at all. Thanks, Kath. Thank you. Okay. Wasn't Kath absolutely fantastic? Now, if you are like me, you should have a lot of notes in your book um, stuff that you can implement straight away. Uh, make sure you sign up to Soak and Sleep, for example, uh, and see that. Make sure you do connect with Kath through LinkedIn and through Twitter. We'll have the links to all the social media link, uh, all the social media links Kath mentioned. We will put, of course, in the show notes along with notes from tonight's podcast, and you can download those for free. Click the links to Kath for free on the show website, which is mattedmondson.com. Do check that out. Uh, everything will be there. So I hope you got a lot out of the show tonight. Thanks for all of you who've been commenting on Facebook Live. Um, it's been great that you've all been here. Really appreciate your time. Make sure, like I said at the start of the show, you subscribe wherever you get your content from, uh, whether it's a podcast or whether you can join us on the Facebook Live or whether you just go to the website and watch the YouTube video. You know, we're... We're a bit like Kath. We're kind of content agnostic. However you want to consume it, that's how you consume it. Just make sure you subscribe, right? Uh, So you can stay informed when regular content is going out. It will be great to connect with you. Great to get to know you. My thanks once again to Kath. Really appreciate you being here. Thanks again for listening. I shall be back very, very soon with another e-commerce podcast. But in the meantime, wherever you are in the world, uh, stay safe and uh, we'll be back very, very soon. All right. God bless you and bye for now. You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips, and tools for building your business online.